Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, March the 8th. We are back in the studio, rocking and rolling, episode 82. Let's get into it. Listen, what did I learn from a hillbilly? What in the heck did I learn from a hillbilly? And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know if I feel right saying that. For some reason, I always felt like we shouldn't call people hillbillies, but that is a real thing, and these are real people, and I have learned a lot from one. So we're going to get into today's episode. I watched the movie Hillbilly Elegy, which was based off of a 2016 memoir by J.D. Vance about his life. And then in 2020, it was made into a Netflix film. And it is, this movie is based on a book. An urgent phone call pulls a Yale law student back to his Ohio hometown where he reflects on three generations of family history and his own future. This movie was starring Amy Adams, Glenn Close, and Gabriel Basso. So I want to talk today about that. There are so many movies that educate us in so many different areas of our lives that we can never anticipate or expect. So if you've been following me on social media or on my YouTube channel right here, then you know that I do reviews of movies where grief showed up on a big screen. And this movie was no different in except for in the way that I didn't intend for it to be about grief. I wasn't feeling well. This was about a month or so ago. I stayed home from work. I'm laying down. I'm like, you know what? It seems like I should watch a movie. Always saw this movie show up in the Netflix movies that you should watch and had top ratings and things like that. I think it was actually trending at some point. And so I never got a chance to watch it. And this day I'm like, "Hmm, today sounds like a perfect time to do that. So I get into the movie and I want to kind of go back a little bit. The movies that I review about grief, I want to be clear I'm not really reviewing the movies based on the quality of the movie per se in terms of how other movie critics might review the movie. So if a movie gets a thumbs down on Rotten Tomatoes or any other critics or things like that, it might differ from my rating and my perspective on it because I'm doing this based on grief. And so my vantage point and my eyes are like, okay, where's the grief in this movie? How is it being portrayed? How do I feel the accuracy lines up that they're trying to show and depict here? And then most importantly, guys, how will this benefit or not benefit my audience or those that see these movie reviews? So Hillbilly Elegy. Again, it talked about the young man who eventually made it out to go to Yale out of a life that was what one person could say despair. And his family, although he grew up in Ohio, was from Kentucky. And so it kind of has a lot of flashbacks of his childhood and life with his mother, life with his grandparents and his sister. And so his mother actually had an addiction, alcohol and drug abuse, which was very clear in the movie. And then he had his grandparents who lived down the street 
well, sometimes because his parent his, with his mom, they were kind of bouncing around. She's in different relationships. So much turmoil is going on. The drug abuse is evident. The alcohol abuse is evident. And then just the d- dysfunction in general with his family is present as well. So you're like, okay, Jay Nicole, cool. Where is the grief in this? So throughout the movie, you see his mom with her erratic behavior, not really being there, being absent, not being present. And then JD is just internalizing, taking things on, and then trying to not become a product of his environment, but to to an extent he starts to. And then his grandmother jumps in, takes control, becomes his guardian, and kind of helps steer him in a different direction. But from his eyes, his grandmother is like a good person and she did no wrong. The same thing for his grandfather. But it looks like in a movie, his mother was the only child. And so the mom's dysfunction was on display. And I'm saying all this to say this basically to go into it. When it comes down to it, the mom had her issues as an adult based on her childhood. And so her parents, the grandparents, weren't great to her but they were better to him the grandchild and so as i'm watching this movie i'm like i'm learning a lot from these hillbillies because it's so relevant to our everyday lives to every community and especially communities of color and urban communities i've seen this a lot where you have grandparents taking care of their grandchildren And then the parent is going through their issues. And then we look at our grandparents like they were these great people, but we don't know their stories either. And so it all intertwined in here. And let's remember that grief by definition is deep sorrow. But there was actually death and losses that happened that played a major part in how these people became dysfunctional. So you go through the movie and spoiler alert, because I do have to kind of dive into this. You go into the movie And you're watching it. You see the mom's behavior. You just think she's just this crazy drug addict, alcoholic woman. But really, in reality, her parent, her father was an alcoholic and treated her not well. And she grew up in dysfunction. And so then that pattern continued. But the children who aren't alive at that time don't see that. And so we just see our parents acting however way they're acting in our lives. And we don't really give them an excuse. We don't give them that space to say, hey, you know what? They have a story because they were whatever their name is before they were our parent. So the mom is having this behavior. Although her father was an alcoholic, they still had like a bond. And even in her adulthood, you can see that they had a great relationship. So the grandfather passes away. And again, mind you, in the movie, the premise of it, nothing about grief was there. But this is the eyes that I have as a grief bully. I'm like, ah, there's grief. So the grandfather passes away. And now the mom who was already dealing with her drug addiction spirals, spirals. There's one scene in the movie where she's standing in the middle of the street, screaming, crying. It was kind of almost like an attempted suicide situation. And the son is in the street watching all this as well as the entire community. But no one can understand why she's behaving that way. You just see that she's behaving that way. And then there's different parts she talks about and it shows how hard it is to deal with the the loss of her father. She was working in a hospital and she starts to cope by using drugs, by taking the prescription drugs from the hospital. And then that's how her actual drug addiction started. So when her father passed away, she gets onto these drugs. 
things just start to really spiral out of control for her from that point. And so now the mother's unresolved grief, not dealing with her issues, the lack of healing, then becomes the next generation's problems. So there's so much here that I want to unpack and I'm going to really try to be diligent here and not really go all over the place. So bear with me. But the generations of unhealed wounds become the wounds that sometimes get even deeper for the next generation. And so when we're talking about problems that people have and why they're addicts and why they're going through this, a lot of times what I'm seeing is that the root cause of it actually is grief. We are expecting, and this is a movie, but again, it's a memoir. It was based off of, excuse me, a memoir that was a real life, his, his real life story. And so that's what I love about I'm I'm a sucker for movies that are based on real life. And this really showed and depicted, this is what we all go through. A lot of us deal with this. And then we're wondering why people went down certain paths because we all cope or don't do not cope. In different ways. And so in this scenario, it was drugs and she became a not so great mother. And then this is what I loved, though, about the movie is that the son, J.D., although he witnessed all of this and experienced all of this and to an extent, he started going down that path. He actually turned around. He made it to Yale from these circumstances. He made it to Yale and, and graduated. So I think it's partly for me, what spoke to me because I don't really deal well with excuses as to why we can't make our lives better unless there's like a real serious handicapped or something along those lines. But if you're a, a well body able person, then it's a lot in a decision. Healing is a decision. Overcoming is a decision. But those decisions cannot stop just at the thought. They need action behind them. And that's what he did. But that tug of war that he had, and if you watch the movie, you'll see where he had to choose between his family's issues and his dreams. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you right now, he had to choose between what he wanted for his life and then being there for his family and not letting that guilt hold him hostage. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I feel like I'm preaching, but this is something that was so evident in this movie. And in the end, he chose himself. And that can feel very selfish at times. But what I always say sometimes is that everybody's burden is not your problem. And although you might want to fix it, you've got to do your own healing and you've got to be in your own space and make these decisions for yourself and how your future is going to be. And then there's also this part of this. I think a lot of times when we go through a lot of dysfunction and we have that present, there becomes embarrassment. So a lot of this dysfunction that was going on in his family was very present in the neighborhood. A lot of people kind of knew what was going on. But as he got older and he was in rooms that someone, a hillbilly, someone whose family is from this part of Kentucky shouldn't be in. And I use shouldn't with the air quotes because that's what I'm saying. Sometimes when you do make that choice to overcome, you still kind of feel like you don't really belong. And this was evident here where he still felt like that. And so he's at this big, big, important moment in his life. And he gets a phone call that brings him back to where it all started. And so we kind of did that straddling the line. He went back to see what he could do. And then he made a decision. But again, where I'm, I'm at to get to with the embarrassment and the shame is that he had a girlfriend at the time who was also attending Yale that he didn't really want to tell her what was going on. And he didn't want to let her know that his mom was in a hospital due to an OD. He drove all the way back to his hometown. 
And he still wasn't really telling her all the truth based on shame and not allowing his girl to be there for him, which in the end, she was actually able to really be there for him. But how many of us deal with that? where we could benefit from our support system and our circles, but that shame and embarrassment of pulling that onion back and saying, hey, friends, hey, world, hey, job, hey, whoever, this is what I have going on and I need your help. But if I have too much shame, then I can't say those words. And that's where a lot of us are getting stuck. So although you might not necessarily have shame based on, let's just say, grief, like loss, but sometimes how the deaths occurred could be. It could be embarrassment. Sometimes some diagnosis or certain things, it just depends because some people put a different image of ourselves in our minds and our real life, our dysfunction and our families don't always match with that. And so again, I'm saying all this to say I enjoyed the movie. I know that it didn't necessarily get the best reviews. I actually saw somewhere where it said that Hillbilly Elegy was the worst movie of 2020. And I disagree because I think that just like anything else, there's something in Something for everyone. And for this, for the grief community, I think if you watch this movie and if you've been brought up in any kind of dysfunction or if you know of people and you want to understand what that dilemma is like sometimes, definitely want to encourage you to check this movie out. And I'm thankful that they made this movie and that I was able to learn a lot from them and see a lot of my story. Because if you don't know, I've been through a lot of dysfunction and trauma in my life. And I'm here today because of decisions. And although it's not always easy, and there's a lot of unlearning that has to be done, along with the unlearning has to be the willingness. And so I just want to encourage you today to have that willingness to pick your head up, to look at your circumstances as opportunity and not shame and not be embarrassed to say where you're from or who you are because they can make you a better person but let's not underestimate grief let's not underestimate the power that deep loss can have in the trajectory of our lives and the path and then the generations after that so do the healing now so that your future your children's future and their children's future is actually better because i'm gonna tell you right now as you already know death and loss is not going to stop So the only thing that we can change in these equations is ourselves and how we pivot and move through it. That's all I have for you guys today. Listen, I don't want to be before you long. I got into that. I definitely want to encourage you to check out that movie. I watched it on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's available other places, but that's my whole Netflix and grieve vibe. So that's where I watched it. I would encourage you to check it out. So I want to bump into our bump into. I said that last time. I want to bounce into our inspirational boost, which is a part of our show that we like to give a quote or something thought provoking for the week or just something to help you along the way. And that's brought to us by our sponsors, Adina J Designs. They make, create, and inspire us. The decorated apparel, custom tumblers, a whole lot of cool things they have going on. Make sure you follow them over on Facebook and Instagram at Adina J Designs, A-D-E-N-A-J-A-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And this week, our quote is, bravery is the audacity to be unhindered by failures and to walk with freedom, strength and hope in the face of things unknown. That's like an official mic drop right there. That pretty much was a PS to the show. I should have came on, read that quote and said, have a great day, beautiful people. And we probably would have been all right. So that is our quote for the week. I loved it. 
hope that it does something for you. Our In Love and Memory segment is a part of our show that's very important to me to make sure that we humanize our loved ones and those that have gone on. So this week, my community lost another pioneer, someone who meant a lot to our community. She was our cafeteria aide when I was a, a child growing up, and she still was to this day. Her name is Gloria Smith, better known as Miss Sissy. So I want to send our love out to all of her family in the town, the Johnson family, the Smith family. And we send our love. She definitely was a great presence and we all were better for knowing her. So rest well, Miss Sissy. Thank you for your work and your job here is done. And we want to continue to just hope that you rest in peace and send love out to your family. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel, drop a comment, leave me a review, follow me on Instagram, hit me up, DM me at any time. I want to continue to connect with you, learn from you, hear from you. I do respond, so definitely don't hesitate to do that. I want to thank our sponsors, BetterHelp. They are an online counseling organization that helps us with therapy. So when we're talking about doing the work and, and doing all these things, you can say, Hey, Jay Nicole, how do I do that? Well, this is an opportunity for you. When you go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash the grief bully, you'll get 10% off your first month. Now they're offering therapy from our phones, the privacy of our home, all of that good stuff. So if you need a starting point, that's definitely a great place for you to start. Listen, this has been episode 82 of the Grief Bully Podcast. You guys already know where I hang out the most. Make sure you follow me there at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole, guys. So next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace. Peace.